All right, so this is normally where we have a cold open, but we are just given a go because this is a brand new podcast about listening to music and having fun. So without further ado, here is our intro for now. Hello and welcome to Drink In Geek OST. Geek Ost? Geek <laughs> OST? Like, what are we going to... I've been saying OST. Yeah, Geek OST. That's the way to go with that. This is a show where we drink beer and listen to geeky soundtracks. Uh, if this sounds very familiar to Drink In Geek Out, it is because we are the same people. Uh, just doing more with soundtracks and music. Uh, so this episode is featuring... Moontown Annie 2. Yeah, we got the second anniversary of Moontown. We've had this in our refrigerator for a while now. And so hopefully we can get to that. Uh, I am player number one, the Duke. Alongside player number two, this is Saf. And that track you are listening to is from The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. I had to pause it because it was about to expire. (laughs) End. Um, It is... From the Hyrule, what is it? The Hyrule field theme? Yeah, the main title track, the Hyrule theme. Uh, it is was composed in, what, 91? Um, 92, the game came out for the SNES. Oh, yeah. And that was Koji Kondo, who is very big in the Nintendo scene as far as music goes. Yeah. That track, though, I mean, that, I believe that was the first uh, Zelda game that I played. And so I had it on my list of, mm-hmm. you know, the top fives or whatever uh, that we're doing today. Surprise. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's just, um, it calls back a lot of memories. Yeah, me. same. Like, it was on both our lists. So I was like, oh, but let's just use that for our intro. And I, the thing about that song is you go from the NES where it's, kind of just like beeps and boops and this has like more instrumental sound it's right. still like video gamey but it's it just more bombastic right and it's very reminiscent because i played the uh adventures of zelda or the whatever the first game i played that pretty much through the, its entirety in a couple hours and a lot of the tracks on there are very familiar mm-hmm. and it's because you know I, I love this game, and it's just it's built up on that exactly. And just goes this is this is one of the top it's top tier yeah you know, video game soundtracks in my opinion. And I think System of a Down like sampled this in one of their songs, and I, that was like the first time I heard video game music outside of video games. I think yeah, that's interesting. All right, so this is a new spinoff podcast series. Uh, with Drinking Geek Out, uh, but this is Drinking Geek Ost or OST. <laughs> uh, we just we had a lot of fun with music episodes that we had in the show. Uh, we'll get to those a little bit later. So if you want to, you can go back and actually listen to uh, some of those. Uh, but I felt I. <laughs> I felt like it was our most fun, or at least a couple yeah. of times it was our most fun that we've we had. We enjoy doing them, and it seems like they get experience more downloads. Yeah, typically. Yeah, 
people like the music, people reminisce all the time. We do a lot of uh, old video games, uh, our generational video games for the music. And it, it just, I don't know, pulls in a special mm-hmm. audience, I think. And so we, we were thinking about, you know, ways that we can, uh, grow as a, um, a company, <laughs> a I guess. Network. Yeah, network. And I, I figured there, if we have a drinking, type of company, you know, topper, then what's stopping us from having all these little, you know, groups and collections of podcasts underneath of us and we can get other people involved as well and kind of get more and more, you know, people into this network, especially, you know, making content for, you know, drink in. Yeah. And the way our other show is formatted, we don't have a lot of time to talk about music. It, right. We have so many other ideas for that show, so it's kind of right. has to be its own separate uh, podcast series on its own. Right, I know. And it's crazy, too, because on top of this and on top of that, I've been doing these Dukin' with the Duke <laughs> episodes, you know, just kind of a play on the name. And I was going to, re- you know, try to throw those in the rotation. I, I don't no have any. I don't know. So I feel like I could also release it in the same manner and have yeah. just like a smaller little uh, podcast thing on the side. Uh, but I mean, that's what this is. Uh, we're just, you know, we're two, two dudes doing this podcast thing for the last couple of years under Drinking Geek Out and just want to kind of explore and uh, grow. And uh, it won't just be video game music. You yeah, should mention right. that. We've yeah. also thought about like different film scores or um, uh, TV ideas, um, TV scores. Right. Yeah. I mean, hell, it was. I think uh, a couple of years ago, I talked to you. Uh, I was like, we should have like a Michael G. Chino episode, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. But it, it, he's done video games, TV, and movies, and I, it, yeah. it's just such a huge list. Like. It'd be hard to cover on just one episode. Even. I know it'd be it'd be basically like the showcasing of Michael Giacchino, basically talking about you know things like that. And, and you have people like uh, the two composers that are on my list, and we'll talk about them later. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing movies and TV, it's, it's just it's a big it's a big world out there, and music is is going to be a big part of that. And so I think yeah, this is this is just right. Um, you can check our show notes, and I'll put a list of the shows we've already done on drink and geek out but they've, we've covered like mario sonic donkey kong kirby the marvel movies mm-hmm. uh i did hamilton so that kind of counts um yep and uh, i think we started with zelda yeah we did we did have the the very when we did our light series mm-hmm. we had spooky mario and zelda on there and so definitely zelda is right there for all of us mm-hmm. um so that's what you know that's good uh, but to try to, you know, pull away from Zelda, this isn't a Zelda episode, even <laughs> though we had a Zelda intro. Uh, this first episode is going to be focused on basically the introduction of what we are and, uh, things that inspired us to, uh, want to do things like that. Yeah. So I think it's like top, t- top 10 essentially, but top five, five for each of each. us. Yeah. Of different, just songs that got us into soundtracks yeah. in general. So that'll be good. But before we do that, we do have a namesake to keep up. <laughs> we got a drink in part of the show. Yeah. Or sometimes drink out, but you know, for the most part, lately with the Corona, everything that we've been getting our hands on really have been in beers. And that's really when I want to support the yeah. local breweries. Absolutely. Uh, so what do we have? 
we have the Anniversary 2, or Annie 2, I think it's called, from Moontown Brewing Company. And while he's working on that, I would like to say that he wrote this nice little note in here that said, this is our second podcast, and there's two of us, and therefore the Annie 2 is basically right up our alley. So we're going we're gonna to put a little pause on this, and we're going to you know, put a little music on it, and we'll be right back after we pour these beers. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, just reading these little notes about this beer. Um, as you know, it is a second anniversary ale or so anniversary two. It was released in tw- uh, 2020, but it was really early 2020. It was at the, it's like March or April, right? It was pretty close to when the f- everything first started shutting down, but allowing people to come. So I guess it was closer to June. Uh, if you're able to, I think it might have been May. Yeah. Okay. So May, when they when they finally allowed people to go and do things and come in and get to go beers, you made a trip up there. So that sounds about right. Uh, I, the reason I bring that up is because it is a double hazy New England IPA, and we've been sitting on it for a few months. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. They usually say drink these quickly. It still smells amazing. It does. It it absolutely does. You guys are missing out on this uh, delectable treat. But uh, to finish up the introduction of this, it is 8.5% ABV and 65 IBUs. Uh, if you're familiar with our uh, Geek Out show, we have <laughs> our Geek Reference model. Uh, and for 65 IBUs, we have Alakazam. Which is the Pokédex reference number for the Pokémon, who is the evolution of Abra and uh, Kadabra. No Abra and Kadabra. Yeah. Well, Abra turns into Kadabra, and then Alakazam. You get it. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, double hazy New England IPA with Citra, Mosaic, Eldorado, and Galaxy hops. It is conditioned. On 10 gallons of local honey, which is delicious sounding. That's what I'm smelling. Yeah, you're like, there's something there. <laughs> I definitely can smell like super like strong OJ in this. Yeah, yeah there's definitely the citrus uh, nose. Yeah, it's, it's definitely there. Uh, I'm not even like picking up the glass. Like it, the glass is literally <laughs> as far away as the microphone is. <laughs> I know. I, I As soon as I opened it, it like yeah, yeah, filled it the does. whole room with the... The smell of it. Yeah, what is this, a bed and breakfast? (laughs) Uh, So this can is kind of a simple silver can, and it's got a big moon in the center with a two on it. It kind of looks like the pie symbol almost. And it says Moontown Brewing Company, second anniversary ale. And Moontown is located in Whitestown, Indiana. And in very little font, it says brewed to dankest quality by Moontown Brewing Company. Uh, very simple. There's not, it's just a silver can. Yeah. Um, almost looks like they put a, a circle sticker in the middle of it and that's it. But it is a label that covers the whole can. Yeah. So a little bit about this brewery. Uh, it was an old school. Oh, really? That they converted into a brewery. Uh, me and Allison went there. Uh, when things were open, so we ate food while we were yeah, there. Yeah, I wasn't allowed inside, so. Yeah, uh, we had a uh, pretty, pretty nice time. 
Uh, they have, uh, like on the menu, kind of like describing like what they were. We didn't get to talk to anybody, but they pretty much had that story there. And then I do believe Barrel Chat had uh, the two guys in charge of Moontown on. Oh, on and one so, of the yeah, I kind of listened and heard a little bit about that. So content stealing, <laughs> no shame. Uh, but, it, I mean, it wasn't hard to find, but it definitely is out of the way, especially yeah, for something. me. And I live on the north side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is... Uh, north of Zionsville-ish, right? Or is it west of Zionsville? Uh, it's, it's up in that area. Yeah, it's right. You know, it's it's over there. It's, it's not a fun drive, I'll tell you what. But <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing around. And yeah. I was kind of like, oh, wow, you're taking me like down these back roads into the middle of the neighborhood almost. Yeah. And then you, like by the time you get there, you're like, what's the speed limit? Like 10? <laughs> uh, but once we got in the area, it was really nice to find. I think it was like the biggest building in the area. But if it you know, used to be the school, then that makes sense. Uh, I guess we'll just get back to the smell. Uh, I mean, I've been smelling this since you opened the I know. Can. <laughs> if we can get more specific, not really. Ooh, it wee. smells like what we've been saying. Yeah, I can smell the extra sweetness to it. So that's obviously the honey. Uh, I couldn't tell like what it was at first. And then yeah, like as soon as I said it was made with the 10 gallons of honey, you're like, oh, yeah, duh, like that's, clicks. Yeah, that's right there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I did did say Ben breakfast so obviously it smells very orange juicy but it smells way better than a Ben breakfast don't get that twisted please um it's like a beer mosa with a, it's already made pre- yeah yeah pre can a pre can beer mosa sign me up um i think uh, we should just get into no the color the color yeah that should have happened first but this is yeah. just overpowering with the smell we just couldn't help ourselves i don't have that spreadsheet pulled up so i forgot about that uh, yeah, that's fine. Let's. I know it's not link number fifteen. But <laughs> let's. Uh, I want to do it so bad, but it's a solid orange. Like yeah, like a ten or eleven, maybe. I'm still working on finding that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, if you if anyone's interested at home, it's drinkinggeekout.com slash beer colors. That's how you can follow along at home. Well, not really follow along, but follow it along at home. <laughs> You say like 10, something like that? Yeah, like Aquaman 10, Aquaman Scales, or Blanca Shorts. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe. Yeah, I'll go with 11. Yeah, 11. Blanca Shorts. It's a video game. It has music. Mm Mm-hmm. Smells damn delicious. I'm excited to taste it. I just want to right now. It definitely holds up. Like, I'm not tasting anything off about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow, it does. It really does taste like a mimosa. (laughs) I mean, it's not sparkling, but it definitely has like that um, crisp taste. Yeah. Um, orange, of course. Um, definitely boozy. A little bit of the sourness of the citrus, but not like a mm. like a sour beer. Yeah. And uh, bitter, but not too bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- I think it's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Um, on untapped, so we keep talking about it. Uh, there's 80 check-ins only for it. So it's a 4.4 average. And someone checked it in a couple of weeks ago. So it, people are still still have it around. Yeah, they're probably like us and just kind of hold on mm-hmm. to stuff. I'm just now cleaning out my refrigerator. <laughs> I brought so you many, like nine beers a day. I know. So many beers have got pushed to the back of my fridge because I keep going out to breweries trying to support them. And then I forget about what's all the way in the back. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so I have one friend who checked it in. He, he checked it in in March 
Um, he said, I should have bought 64 ounces. This is one, if not the best, Nipas in Indiana. Uh, damn solid. Great work, guys. Worth the drive for sure. Uh, that was Dustin Wood of Barrel oh, Chat. Right. Um, he gave it a 475. He, Him and Matt either have this hatred for Nipas or they just don't rate them. Like It's really, it's really mm-hmm. tough for them. Because we we talked about it when we were on the show with them, just their hatred for like these Nipa beers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if he's giving it a four seventy five, holy smokes! Um, I got Mick Beer. He checked it in twice and gave it a four and a half both times and said pretty damn good. Nice. I w- I think I would want to try this fresh off the tap. Oh, I'm sure. Like. If there was a nitro version, could you imagine mm. how smooth and delicious that would be? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're making me think too hard about wanting nitro. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through here looking for some good comments. You know, I was thinking of a segment. Yeah. I don't remember what I called it. I don't maybe I didn't write it down. But uh sort of like Pale's pairings. But we pair the beer with a song. Oh yeah, we'd have to do that like prior. I know, we like on the spot and like, yeah. just put it with cheese. Maybe I'll play it with uh, this this song. Yeah, the one that we're happening to do today. <laughs> oh, that pairs really nicely. Maybe a little bit more amber than the the color scale would also. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, Brian K. gave it a 4.5 in June. He said, Tis Nitro IPA, one of the best I've ever had. Wow. So they do have it on Nitro. We just messed up. <laughs> uh, same person. Well, not same person. Same day or same week. Lori checked it in at 4.20 because she's a Patreon supporter. And so she's able to do the... Not Patreon, sorry. The uh, untapped, support. untapped supporter like me. But she elected to do the... <laughs> Tenths, and I, I said, no, I need a quarter still. She gave it a 4.2. Uh, she said, draft at Moontown, first IPA we'd like on Nitro. And then Caitlin P. says, uh, of course, I tried this beer right before it's going to be gone forever. Blame face. She gave it a 4.25 on Nitro, meaning... She thinks it's damn good, and it's very sad she can't get it again. Mm-hmm. Good old sentiment for you know an anniversary beer. It's probably supposed to be made for a one-off. Uh, go in for year three and get you know the better one. You know, hopefully they do it again. Yeah, and we can get a freshie. Yeah, there's that's one that's one brewery I still need to get out to uh, since this whole pandemic thing happened. I haven't been there. Yeah, it's one I'd like to visit more often, but it's like. I mean, it's only like a 30-minute drive for me, but it's still... Yeah. It's just out in the middle of nowhere, and there's not much else to do out there. Yeah. I I was thinking the same thing um, for, like, packs. Right. And I clocked it. That's actually like 11 or 12-minute drive for mm. me. So I was That's talking, not too bad at all. I was talking to Allison. I was like, you know what? I don't mind if I come back here mm-hmm. more often, mm-hmm. but it gives me, like, the same vibes as, like... Primeval, which is a which is like drive. yeah, I can walk there. So, 
uh, I just, you know, monitor releases and see yeah. what's happening. I know uh, by the time this one comes out, eh, probably tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, next week is the Oktoberfest party for them, so I'm definitely going to go back up there. But I have so much shit going on that weekend. Oh, yeah. So I might just go get a crowler or something. <laughs> They're and come not back. cans. I know there's no canning or anything, so... Uh, I didn't. Mean, I meant a howler, either a howler Howlers. or a growler. So I, I mean, I have both. I'll just take them up there and be like, "I don't care what you charge me. Fill this bitch up, please and thank <laughs> I need you." This in my house. Yeah, I'll probably take two growlers because they have two beer releases. So it's son of a bitch. Do they have a uh, membership program? Not that I know of. I, I I don't think so. That's what I was curious about. Yeah, it's not something I would have looked into. I mean, yesterday was the first time that I actually clocked it to see. How long it takes. Uh, because any other time that I went there, I went there as part of m- me uh, being somewhere and then going over there. So, like, I never left my house to go there to see, like, right. how long it took. So, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It didn't take long, but still pretty good. All right, I'll take, uh, I'll take a wild stab at this one. Go first, and I'll say... Checked it in at a 4.5. Uh, comment on here. It's a few months old. Would have liked to try it fresh. Frowny face. <laughs> uh, location, untapped at home. Purchase location, Moontown. Uh, it is fantastic. It tastes really good. Uh, there's a little bit of a lingering bitter. Uh, but that's expected with like four or five hops in your beer. Yeah. And being 65 IVUs. <laughs> You kind of think, you know, this is this is going to be a a, a hoppy, uh, bittery beer. Um, but I don't know how much smoother it would have been a on nitro or b not six months old. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I still give it four point five, and I've, I'm sure as shit probably if it was on nitro there, it probably would have been a five. <laughs> I know. So I actually went one above you. I gave it a four point seven five. Because I didn't want to copy you, but I, <laughs> I also actually had it at that before you started speaking. So I, that's what I was going to pick anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I said nearly six months old and still damn delicious. It really is. Um, so I think that's why I even gave it a little bit higher score just because it is older and it it's still pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that kept it from a five is the like aftertaste, the weird kind of bitter aftertaste that lingers mm-hmm. a little too much but like this is very drinkable and 8.5% is not anywhere seen for me right like i well the 8.5% is in the honey yeah but i i just expected the honey to kind of calm the mm-hmm. bitter at the end i don't know uh but i would definitely like to try it fresh yeah 100% it's a definite definite recommend on this beer absolutely uh, which you probably can't get anymore. But if you want to go out to Moontown, they have really good beers and a potential for uh, Anniversary 3. So Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe you'll find it at a liquor store. I don't know if they do oh, yeah, like right. Stoney's or something. Yeah, I don't know. I've not seen any of their stuff, but I'm not close, you know, close enough to local. All right. Back to the music. My number one song is from the original Super Mario Bros. on the NES, and it goes a little something like this. Boom, I had the volume turned down. Boom, boom. This 
This is the Underworld theme by Koji Kondo from the NES game Super Mario Bros. in 1985. This has been sampled so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this, uh, like, hardcore rock where they just basically play the drums to this and... Yeah. And then there's also the, like, trap song... And it's been updated so many times throughout the Mario series. I know this game's an obvious, like, it shouldn't surprise anybody that this music is iconic at this point. Uh, And it's kind of a short loop, but it's just that transition from the first song to this song. Like, you. Right. Up to that point in music, it felt like, or in video games, the music seemed to just be short clips that were the whole game. Right. And the fact that you get to a d- different type of level and the music changes was like a huge thing for me. Yeah. I mean, hell, you take a look at the 1987 version of Zelda. 90% of the game, you were running around outside mm-hmm. and you hear the same song exactly. over and over and over again. And then when you go into a dungeon, you hear a different track, but it's like this, basically the same track I think in each like dungeon. Yeah, eight or six different songs in that game. Right. Yeah. And so that this that game came after this game, mm-hmm. and th- this game didn't have like, well, this is your outdoor theme. This is your dungeon one theme. This, it had here is when you are doing this level. Here is the soundtrack. When you're doing the underworld, this is the soundtrack. When you're underwater, this Another is the soundtrack. Yeah. And I do believe it, very, you know, varies. Mm-hmm. If there's, you know, a second underwater world, this could be in like three, and you know, later. But still, it's different, and it's nice, and it, it's like the music belongs to the scene and not just part of the game. Yeah, and it fits. Like you're underground, this sounds like you're in like a cave almost. Right. It, it's different than the when you're not underground song, mm-hmm. and um, it's darker, and the beats are lower, and it just. Uh, I don't know. It just stuck with me. And then it, once the clock is getting lower, it even speeds up the uh, song yeah, right? to be, like, get your heart racing a little bit more. A little anxiety-inducing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was, what, 85? Uh, the, the, my number one soundtrack is much newer <laughs> uh, than that. It would be uh, pretty much I wrote it down as the Blizzard OST. Uh, but, because uh, those games stretch all the way back to the, you know, early 90s as well. Yeah, for them. Uh, but I think the, the thing that really stood out to me was the uh, Legends of Azeroth. Which is the, the main title track to the original game of World of Warcraft came, that came out in 2004. Is that what this is? Yeah. And so this is this is the music that you get you hear when you first turn the game on before you log in. And it just plays. And sometimes you clicked it to open it up and then you just let it run. Sometimes you don't even log in just yet, or you you're getting ready to log in, not quite there yet. It's very epic and not yeah. I mean when I think of video game music, I usually think of like the more sixteen eight bit mm-hmm. uh, music, but this is like Huge and bombastic and great. Right. My favorite part. 
Who's the composer? Did you say? Yeah, there's uh, there's a few people who were uh, in charge of the score. Uh, there's one main guy, but he is kind of like an overseer. Uh, but the people who put together the track for this specific album uh, were Jason Hayes, uh, Tracy Bush, Derek Duke, hey, mm. and uh, Glenn Stafford, hey. not to be confused oh. with Stafford. Uh, so I don't know specifically who was in charge of this track, but you have just a collection, which is really nice to give uh, you know people credit for it. And this is only available on PC. It will forever only be available on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen the movie, right? Yeah. Does it have like this type of music in it? Yeah, very similar, but it's the the movie is set in the like hmm, the middle of it's, it's weird because it jumps around, but it's basically the middle of the two expansions, the the main game mm. and the, the, the expansion. But it's um, also supposed to predate it, so. <laughs> basically just tells the story of how humans and orcs start the fight which is essentially war, war, world, not war world Warcraft 1 and 2 where they have orcs versus humans type of thing so the the lore of World of Warcraft and the lore of Warcraft itself dates back to the early 90s and it mm-hmm. is super strong it is, it is a very strong story got some voices in there at the end <laughs> yeah some cholesterol action yeah the orchestration on that was very solid yeah uh which leads me to my second pick it was hard to follow that one up (laughs) back to uh, (laughs) the game boy uh this is the tetris soundtrack composed by hero hero kazu tanaka and this is the a type from 1989. The good old Russian theme song. Yep. And the reason this one was important to me is because this was the first game that I can think of where I could choose the song right. that I wanted for my my play that day or whatever, for that level or that game. Right. I don't remember the other any ones. I I don't think I've rarely changed it. The other ones aren't very good. This was always my go-to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just. I think they still use this song in the Tetris games that they release. I mean, they do updated versions of this, but it's uh, yeah. this song has become iconic as well. Right. Uh, this is up there, probably in the same vein as like my Pokemon like mm-hmm. obsession. Uh, they didn't quite make the list, but. Um, th- unlike Pokemon, this one, like my parents, didn't ever tell me to turn the volume off. <laughs> yeah, for this game, it was, it's it's not pl- like it's not pleasing, but it's also not disruptive. Yeah. It's not distracting. Uh, it's also be it's also used as one of the chants and cheers at a indie eleven game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, when they do, they have something like this where they have words to go along to this theme. I was like, oh, we were playing Tetris. And the guy next to me was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You're either too young or too old. <laughs> and this was like the one game my parents would play with me. Because we had two Game Boys and we would battle each other. With the link yeah. cable. Right, because it wasn't really... is. I mean, it wasn't really a video game. Mm-hmm. It was... Like a puzzle. And Yeah, yeah. 
and I could just listen to it on a loop for probably all day. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> Um, so that leads me to my number two. Um, I wrote these in like five to one order, but we're reading me, you know, like the top to the bottom. So we started with my best. <laughs> I just put them in order from the year. Well, I uh, tried to anyway. Yeah. I did mine from preference, but I'm reading them backwards. Uh, so my number, my number two, second favorite, uh, com- I just did it as a composer. There's no way that I could choose a song that represented him the most and it's John Williams. And so the song that I chose was John Williams is the man from an acapella guy who basically filmed himself like several times. And it's been covered by so many orchestras lately. You must use the so it's just a conglomerate of uh, Star Wars references and Indiana Jones music and some Superman. Yeah, there's four of this guy on the screen, and he's like looping over himself. You must use the Time ago, far, far away. Long time ago, far, far away. Kiss a Wookiee, King Kadori. Fly the Falcon through an asteroid till the princess is annoyed. This is spaceships, it's monsters, it's Star Wars. We love it. Come and help me, Obi Wan. X-wing fighter and the blaster gun dance with Ewoks, so what fun? This is spaceships, it's monsters, it's Star Wars, we love it. Get in there, you big furry oaf. I couldn't care less what you smell. This guy is Corey Vidal or Vidal in Moose Butter. I mean, that's what it says. So this is under my film category. I didn't know when this was recorded. I've always known of it. I have no idea. It's probably early 2000s. It says October 2008 is when he uploaded it. Oh, there you go. Damn near 12 years old. The Tashi Station. Yeah, so... Essentially, you know, this is a tribute to John Williams. Um, It's just... Uh, a lot of the Star Wars themes, but the main music theme is Indiana Jones with a little bit of, you know, everything else kind of like m- melody together. Very nice. I Yeah. And I struggled with which John Williams song I wanted as well. And I have one coming up uh, uh, right now. I'll just skip to that one <laughs> <laughs> just to stay on the John Williams train. And then I'll go back to my other pick. And this is from the Back to the Future soundtrack. Uh, it's the main theme from 1985. 
No, I wrote John Barry on here, but I meant John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering who that guy was. Well, it's because of that Marvin Barry scene in the movie. I think I had Barry on my mind when I wrote this. He's like... But this is maybe my favorite movie of all time. I just it, hate that scene. That, yeah, that Where, doesn't hold up. <laughs> Where he just suggests that the most iconic song was written by a white guy instead. Yeah. And the fact that he, his mom tries to, or almost gets raped, and he, that that's a little messed up part. But I do think this is a, pretty much a perfect movie. Right. And I feel like that almost rape part wasn't because he was there. It probably did happen. It's a real life mm-hmm. problem that yeah. happens. Uh, but the fact that, you know, he is there to try to have sex with his mom, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's very Futurama-like, you know? Uh, but the, the music, this whole soundtrack is great. The yeah. um, Huey Lewis does a great song in this movie, and the whole uh, the whole trilogy has great music. But this is just a huge song for me. It really is. It is really nice. I'm glad we were back. You know, putting to get two together. You know, John <laughs> Williams. I was really struggling because I didn't know like which Star Wars one to pick. Uh, probably would have been the. The throne room at the end of the movie that mm-hmm. was in my wedding. I had that, yeah. that going, um, or any of the Harry Potter themes. Um, those are also really iconic to me. Uh, the Superman soundtrack. Yeah, and they all uh, have like a similar vibe to them. You, yeah, you can tell it's the same composer. Superman, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, Jurassic Park as well. That's yeah. also like I, I really could have easily just put Jurassic exactly, Park in there. Yeah. You know? That's why I struggled too. But I was like, this is my favorite movie, so I'm going yeah. to have to include this one. I think the the medley was the way to go for that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the Universal theme park used to have a Back to the Future ride, and you get to that area of the park, and this you could hear the song over like speakers, and it just would give me chills. Yeah. Right. That. Leads to your song. Yeah, my number three. Uh, this one was struggling because in this spot I had the Zelda song. Yeah, so I really last moment you had to yeah, change it. I was thinking about putting Pokemon in this, but at the same time I didn't have any TV, and we're trying to get uh, sounds from the TVs, movies, and everything. So I picked one of the uh, most iconic television shows to me, uh, and that would be Arrow. And uh, Blake Neely wrote this, and this is the title theme. Is essentially not really the title theme. This is because the title goes really quick. Yeah, but, I mean this the song is used like in the closing credits, I think. Yeah, and also it's when they are telling the story or showing the story of him being trapped on the oh, island. Right. So this is you know the cutscenes and all the you know the, all those... him narrating like what he was doing the past yep. five years. Every year it changes. Yeah, it does. It does pick up, though. Promise. <laughs> uh, but of all the, the TV shows, um, I do like Arrow the most. Like of the, all the, like, the CW-verse they yeah, changed the it to? Yeah, the CW-verse or whatever. Um, now the Arrow's not on anymore. They changed the name of the Arrowverse. Right, because it can't have Arrowverse if there's no Arrow. Um. But I mean, like, I don't. I'm not a big fan of DC movies. I like some. I'm cool with some. 
but this just really like resonated with me. And it's basically the Batman story, just with a green hood instead. <laughs> yeah, very similar. And we did have an Arrow episode, and we did Arrow mm-hmm. and Flash back in December a couple years ago. Here we go, picking up. Show. That's the part I was looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the part that jazzes me up. Yeah. <laughs> like right before the show ends, it usually ends on mm-hmm. like a little cliffhanger or something, and it has that little sting to get you excited for the next episode. Yeah. Very nice. I am a big fan of that show, and I'm afraid to watch the last season because I don't want it to be over. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm, I don't know. I haven't started it yet. It's just a, still waiting. Yeah, it's it's rough. Like, it, it's eight episodes. It's shorter, mm-hmm. and like even and it, it's like a big part of the crossover yeah. thing. The so, Crisis I, on Worlds or whatever. It's called. Infinite Worlds, yeah. Which is also good. All right, for my TV song, well, actually, I have two. Uh, but back from childhood, I was a big fan of the Turtles in the. Mm-hmm. The movie and the animated series, and I think the animated series has one of the most memorable theme songs of that era, and it's good because it does a great job of introducing all of the characters and giving you a little sample of, like, he's the party dude, he's the machines guy, so you you can kind of get the idea of what you're in for. And you can easily pick which which turtle Mm -hmm. you're going to associate with the most. You got all the little turtles interjections. Hey, get a grip! <laughs> uh, the music from the rest of the series doesn't really stick out to me in any way. Like, I can't think of any like, mood music or anything mm-hmm. from like, orchestration or anything like that. But this theme song is great. Definitely bringing me back. Um, But that is composed by Chuck Lorre and Dennis C. Brown. And I just realized Chuck Lorre is like super famous for creating sitcoms like Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men, and like millions of CBS sitcoms, it seems like. And Dennis Brown is primarily known for creating this this theme song and a couple other for Chuck Lorre shows. It is from 1987 animated series. And obviously it's the theme song. Hmm. All right. My number four, uh, goes back to probably a movie. I remember and not, it's not probably, it is a movie I remember seeing back in 2001 when I was younger. 
Uh, but whenever, like when I was working in later years, uh, having my Pandora station set up to mm. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> and there's a lot of Hans Zimmer songs out there that are awesome. You know, Batman and Inception. Uh, you know, those are all easily easy to pick Hans Zimmer songs. This one, however, it just hits me. And I don't know why, probably just from, you know, my earliest memory of watching this movie, um, the, the importance of the movie, the importance of the events of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not particularly army guy, but I mean, it's still something big in our history. And it is the main theme or the Tennessee theme, uh, for the movie Pearl Harbor. A Michael Bay film. And a Michael Bay film. <laughs> so a lot of explosions. Yep. It's perfect. Like, when you have a movie about explosions, Pearl Harbor, do a war. Uh, how bad was Pearl Harbor? Explosions. <laughs> Everywhere explosions. Yeah. I never realized Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for this movie. It does oh, have yeah. great music. It does. Ben Affleck is great. Mm-hmm. I like Ben Affleck. Uh, Kate Beckinsale did really well mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time. I didn't actually know that, that was Kate Beckinsale. You know, like, right? You know, I was like, oh yeah, no, uh, we have ourselves, uh, you know, Underworld and you know things like that. She's <laughs> like, oh, she's badass. But here and this, she's smoking hot. Um, then you know, it's like a cast that you wouldn't normally think like was awesome, yeah. but it turned out to be really good. Josh Harnett is in there. Uh, William Lee Scott is in there. Um, Ewan Bremer, Bremer is in there. If you've seen Train Spotting with Ewan McGregor, mm. he's in that and he's in this one. Alec Baldwin's in this movie. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Uh, John Voight, he's the president. He's in there. Jennifer Gardner's in there. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is also in here. Uh, it is. It is a like 2001 who's who <laughs> yeah it definitely is it's really nice it's it's calming and going forever um, just big fan of this it, I mean it's not it's not super exciting it's not mm-hmm. over the top it's not you know something that's you know like it's not your typical Linkin Park song you get in a Michael Bay movie <laughs> right yeah and it's it's calm it's relaxing and because I know what it's from, I can pick it out. Yeah, I know what it's from. Um, it's not something that's overly exciting that I'm going to be like super jazzed that it comes on the radio. But <laughs> I can sit there and just be like, it's yeah. calming. And yeah, it'd be good if you're like doing homework or any type of work to have this yeah. on in the background because you can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, that's really what you're doing when you have something like what you're listening to at work. Like you have a TV show or you have a movie or you have something going on in the background. Uh, or just music, you know. It's it's you can listen to it and you can kind of zone out and get, just do your work and yeah. listen to it and have it kind of soothe you, right? So overall, big fan. I have to go back and listen to the soundtrack. I have to go back and watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the movie because I don't like the whole relationship aspect. Oh like yeah, the, how that's like front and center as opposed yeah. to like the Pearl Harbor of it all, right? But I mean, that's kind of like Titanic, right? Yeah, right. Kind of wanted a, a Titanic movie, but I didn't want like a 
<laughs> a love story. Uh, I think we're on my your last, last one. one. Oh, good, good. Or gracious. your your lost one. <laughs> uh, I am a huge fan of the, the television show Lost, even though like it got a lot of backlash at the time. It was huge. Everybody was talking about this show, and it introduced me to Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. I'm not sure how you. Oh no, I think it's Giacchino. <laughs> I always said Giacchino. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've also only ever read it. I've never heard anybody say it, so I'm not exactly Actually, sure. you know what? If you listen to uh, uh, Ask Me Another on NPR, mm-hmm. he calls it uh, Giacchino. And I think, and he responded, so I think that's... Unless he's being polite. Right? <laughs> yeah. He, maybe he goes by both. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that whole series has great music, and I struggled to pick one. And I think this one gets used a lot throughout the series because I'll just play it if I can. I got to skip this. It's the life and death theme by Michael Giacchino. And it's from Lost, obviously, in 2006. And basically it plays every time someone dies on the show so it happens a lot and it's like the funeral theme but each character kind of like all the main characters have their own theme and so when those characters die the theme this life and death theme kind of changes to incorporate the character's theme and i i don't know it's just the music the way he it uh, helps move the scenes along in a way that i'm not used to on television yeah I will say I'm a big fan of Michael uh, Giacchino, uh, especially his Star Wars or uh, Star Trek mm-hmm. uh, stuff he did in Up. Oh yeah, but uh, it's just a simple song and mm-hmm. it's very light and emotional. Right, and goes with the scene very well. The way the piano and then the strings kick in. I feel like it's it's perfect for. Uh, like a bare bone skeleton type of song mm-hmm. because he knew probably going into it that I'm going to have to make different mm-hmm. you know, var- you know it every time different variations yeah and it uh, kicks in a little bit more adds higher notes and more piano skip to the end it's got to have like a twist ending to it Loki I've never seen a single episode of oh man it's so good I mean the last season kind of falls apart but I still think it's a fantastic show I'll have to watch it I heard it sucked (laughs) the like last episode or how they finished the episodes I didn't like it at the time but going back and rewatching it like last year and hearing what the creator said about like the meaning of the end, it was a lot better. Right. I guess it can't be as bad as like how I met your mother's last you <laughs> yeah. know, season or whatever. I just people didn't understand the ending or what they were trying to do. And they 
people thought it was something else rather than what it was intended to be. Right. All right. So for my final one, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a callback to an episode that we did in Digo uh, where we did Final Fantasy. Uh, but we only did one through six. And this song actually comes from number seven. And it is uh, the Victory Fanfare. Uh, we had all six of the fanfares, but this, uh, this is very similar. But it's going to be different because it's <laughs> on the PlayStation. And it's beefed up for actual like sounds that you can have on a compact <laughs> disc. Uh, uh, so same composer as one through six. Uh, Nobu Umatsu. Uh, and this came out in 1997. So if that's familiar, mm-hmm. and then boom, here we go. Made it definitely enjoyable to like that's scroll fantastic. through. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're, you're picking up your loot or checking out the things you won from the battle because uh, it's played after you won oh, a battle and so you get your gill or your items and maybe a couple like uh, spell gems or whatever you're like oh what is this can I socket it in my stuff to make my stuff better or as an upgrade to what I have so you can get lost in that menu and this just oh it just makes just it easier it and, yeah for sure Especially the number of times you actually were in combat <laughs> in this game. So you like, hear it a lot. Yeah. I'm starting over. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I haven't figured out how to loop this. <laughs> so do it manually. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty solid top 10. A lot of variety. Uh, definitely the idea that we want to do mm-hmm. is show that we have variety on the show. Uh, not particularly just doing movies, not just particularly doing video games. Uh, just pretty much anything and everything. Definitely interested in composers. Yeah, so coming up, we've got a Mario Kart episode planned to mm-hmm. go along with our Mario Kart Digo, our Drink and Geek Out episode. Uh, so that'll be a video game themed one, but we're also doing a Mandalorian episode because we did a Mandalorian episode on Drink and Geek Out as well. Yes. And that'll be like a film score episode. So we're kind of trying to go back and forth and do things like that. So pretty exciting. Hopefully this works off and, you know, takes off like we wanted to. I feel like we're taking the right strides for sure. Definitely enjoyable. Hopefully people uh, uh, check out our show notes for the actual playlist if you want to hear the songs without us talking over them so much. Right. Absolutely. Um, But I would like to say that... uh, this is Degost <laughs> uh, drinking Geek Out. We dig the OSTs. Dig OSTs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, same. Tw- we're just gonna have the same socials as uh, what we have. The only difference is we're gonna have another section on the website for yep. the uh, music stuff, and it's gonna sh- it's gonna show up as a separate podcast. Uh, so if you're here because of drinking Geek Out, and you're you know, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, check out our stuff. If you've never heard of Drinking Geek Out, make sure you go over there yeah. and check out, uh, subscribe to us there, uh, and just kind of listen to what we have to offer. Uh, and then you determine which one you like more or if you like <laughs> you both. You know? It's the right. same basic format, just uh, different topics. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, to find us, uh, we are on all the social medias Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We mainly use the Instagram, Instagram uh, trying to get on. 
uh, our social media manager to use all of them. <laughs> uh, but you can find us on, you know, wherever that is, dot com slash drinking geek out, all one word, or drinking geek out dot com or the Patreon dot com slash drinking geek out. Mm-hmm. We also have t shirts available. Uh, we're going to also be uploading more of our, uh, Degost logos. <laughs> uh, the plan is to make kind of like a uh, an album cover per episode that we do. It might get monotonous over time, but uh, the cool ones uh, could be made into shirts. Maybe we'll have like uh, you guys can vote on which ones you would like to be a shirt, or if you request one to be a shirt, you know, it's not going to stop us from putting it up there. Uh, we have shirts. We have you know collectible things, uh, thermos mugs, stickers. Masks. Masks. I, I was going to get there. And we do have masks. Uh, a lot of our shirt designs fit well on masks, uh, but we also created a couple just specifically mm-hmm. for the masks. Uh, so if you if you are out in this world and you're tired of your paper blue mask and you want something <laughs> enjoyable, uh, you can just go over to threadless.com. Uh, we're not the only ones with masks, so if you have a favorite uh, pl- place that you usually get your t-shirts, I'm sure you can get your masks there. Uh, Pale does that. He doesn't buy our own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. So, uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much anywhere you can find uh, socials with the Drinking Geek Out. Our other podcast is anywhere you can find uh, our you know podcasts at Drinking Geek Out, and then of course this one at uh, Drinking Geek OST. And you can also email us if you prefer, and it's just Drinking Geek Out at Gmail dot com. There you go. Uh, we're going to try to keep these episodes short. We're also going to try to do live reads for things as well. We're going to be just completely <laughs> like as is no pre-recorded anything. So, uh, it might get monotonous over time, but you know what? I feel authentic and I like the authenticity. <laughs> so less editing is also nice. Less editing is also really nice. Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, we don't have a sign off for this. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> That's the sign off. I was thinking, I was like, what am I going to say? <laughs> I figured you were. And I was like, oh God, I didn't write anything or. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking, uh, the sign off for this is stay hydrated kids. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a damn mask. Wear a mask. <laughs>